0: i'm megan and welcome to winging it it's here that we challenge the common misconception that everybody looks like they know what they're doing here we will break boundaries in the industry and bring us together as creatives we will chat all things creative confidence imposter syndrome and creative journeys thank you for joining and enjoy the podcast So today I am joined with Sarah Samuel. Hi, Sarah.
1: Hi, Megan.
0: How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm in, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you right now.
0: Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's absolutely lovely to have you. And I can't wait to talk to you about your lovely book, Mindful Crafting. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love you to talk about what is your background where where have you been what have you done up to this point today
1: okay so um I spent most of my career until about seven years ago in the corporate world in management consulting and in parallel to that over the past sort of 20 odd years I've been on a kind of spiritual personal development path Mm -hmm. and became increasingly unsettled, um, unfulfilled, felt creatively stifled, Mm -hmm. um, felt empty as if I was playing a role in in the job that I was doing and yet I didn't see any way out um, Mm -hmm. because that's what I trained to do, that's what I had experience in Mm -hmm. and it was gradually kind of um, grinding me down and I would get exhausted, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning, couldn't see the point of anything, and it led to a point seven years ago when I knew that I had to leave, and I, mm. in parallel to that, you know, my personal development, spiritual development, and also my kind of creative uh, practice was growing, and mm. um, that was specifically to do with well, the creativity, the art was to do pottery. Mm. And what I was becoming more aware of as I began to create pots and have the, have the clay in my hand mm. is, is that there were infinite possibilities that I could create with this piece of clay. Yeah. And it kind of made me think, well, maybe that's what life's about. Maybe it's about what I create and so that led me really to leaving my job and embarking on my own work which it was initially uh, running creativity courses um, and then that got me to write the book and i wrote another book and my work kind of developed and grown uh, through the years it, it has this common theme of supporting mm-hmm. people to express themselves um, creatively yeah. not just artistically but in their lives yeah Um, and now I very specifically focus on on supporting people who are stuck in a Mm. stifling career to tap into their own inner creativity and create the work and the life that Mm. they would really love and because that's the path that I uh, have followed.
0: That's that's lovely I, I wish there were more people like you around it sounds like you're a lovely ray of sunshine for those people that felt the same way as you. I think that's, that's really important. Would you be able to describe your mindful crafting book in your own words? Because I can read the blurb for myself and maybe describe how I think, what or what I think the book is, but I really love to hear your description of what you think the book is all about. Um.
1: Yeah. I mean, the book is really all about how we can be more creative in Mm -hmm. our art, in our crafting um, and how that translates into how we can be more creative in our lives Mm -hmm. and what gets in the way of us Mm -hmm. being creative um, because I believe that everyone's creative and Mm -hmm. it's essential to be creative in order to be happy in life and um, yet many of us are blocked. Many of us uh, don't even think we're creative in the first place. Mm. The book is really <clears throat> about sort of looking at that and looking at you know the resistance of being creative or you know inner critic. Mm. Um, it's called mindful crafting. So it's about you know the awareness of what's going on for us as we start to create anything. Um, yeah. You know the voices of who do you think you are you know yeah. you know comparing ourselves to oh that person's worked much better than mine and all the stuff we do to sort of put a lid on our creativity mm. um and so that's really what the book's about is understanding the creative process and how we can feel more free to create.
0: Hmm I I was wondering when I was reading through the book of mm. things like your creative confidence and those times where you don't feel good enough or as you mentioned earlier stuck in a rut I wondered if you had a pivotal moment in your life where you started asking these questions or you started having thoughts about creativity
1: yeah and and it was really um I would say oh about 10 years ago Mm -hmm. three years before I left my career management consulting that I I took up an evening class in, in pottery and I had liked art well I liked pottery um, and sort of more crafting than when I was younger but it was never kind of really encouraged and it was always like you know my my studies were more important you know yeah. math, english, mm-hmm. science uh, and art wasn't to be taken seriously so I never gave it a chance and then mm-hmm. so you know 30 years later um well, thirty years later, yeah, twenty five years later, um I decided that I wanted to follow kind of that again, and it was a revelation to me, yeah, um how much I loved it, mm-hmm. and that it was also to do with you know the teacher that I had at the time who was who was really um freeing in that she it wasn't about you know learning specific techniques, it was about doing whatever it was I wanted and then she would help me if I needed support and techniques and that was perfect for me which meant that I could just have a free reign to do whatever I wanted to do and I realized that actually what I was beginning to create there was a signature to it there was stuff which looked like my stuff and the colors the glazes I used um very vibrant and bright and um I began to think, well maybe I am creative. Yeah. Um which is a bit of a revelation to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's lovely to hear, especially that you had a really supportive teacher. I think teacher roles are really important. And I think those evening classes and things that you can attend are so underrated because like you said, you you found a, a new confidence in the fact that you realised you were creative and you found your own flow in something and I think those are really special moments in people's lives
1: absolutely yeah and and it's um I think particularly when you're older and you you kind of go back to something like that and often you know to be playful for example is often thought to be for children and I think when we can be playful when we get older and you know play playfulness is a central part of creativity and experimentation and just doing things for the hell of it um it's so liberating
0: yeah I definitely I agree I think I've been quite lucky in my experience that I was given that freedom and that confidence when I was quite young I had those Mm. mentors and teachers that were able to encourage me to be creative but I think it's less talked about with um much older people in different stages of their lives where they, yeah. they they're not encouraged as much to reach out to those creative exercises that you can do
1: yeah absolutely and I think you know it is like you said it's it's fantastic to have a teacher or someone who can support you and hold that space mm. for you to be creative um and and that really makes a lot of difference yeah um yeah there is kind of in terms of crafting that it's kind of it's very much associated things like knitting and dressmaking and um, embroidery mosaic mating it it can be associated to people who've retired and particularly women so it's when they've kind of stopped doing the important things in life they can then do the less important things in life Um, Mm -hmm. and I would say that you know creativity you know crafting art is really not as important as it should be you yeah. know it's not encouraged in the same way it's not valued in the same way um yeah and i think that's a really um important aspect of you know why the world is the way it is right now because we're, yeah. we're very masculine um, and it's very sort of patriarchal in the way we think very much from Um, you know, the left brain, the logic, rational, reason, science, more feminine qualities of creativity and opening to the unknown and and, and, and the new.
0: I really want to go on to um, your chapter called The Gateway to a Creative Life, which I think is a lovely... Mm -hmm chapter title for a start but something that you wrote really resonated with Uh me especially at this age and what stage Uh of my career I'm at is you just had one question which was what should I do with my life and it was such a simple question but it made me think oh I've asked myself that so many times and it feels so overwhelming um, especially with all these paths that you think you might be able to take with creativity, or where you want to go, and I wondered if you ever related to that feeling, especially when you found your confidence with creativity. Definitely
1: had it in my twenties, mm-hmm. and it was like, "What's the purpose? What's the purpose of my life? What should I do with my life?" And and yeah. the answer that I had was, "I should do what I've been taught to do: get a, get a good job, good salary, mm-hmm. good status, stability." boyfriend get married get a mortgage have kids da, 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 that is my life yeah and at the age of 27 I I had a breakdown because I was following a path that wasn't mine yeah and that's what initiated my sort of spirit more spiritual personal development path of well if that's not mine what is my mine and who, who am I And I, and I think the, um, the question about, you know, what should I do with my life is very much about what is my purpose? Mm -hmm. And, you know, my take on purpose is that it's not a job that's out there. It's not, you know, to be a teacher maybe, or an entrepreneur, or, um, we often try to fit into something that's out there and purpose is from within it's what we create from within it's very unique to us and so it's mm-hmm. all about understanding who we are and what excites us you know how we see the world differently you know what what is unique about us mm-hmm. um and then that, that may well lead us into being a teacher yeah. but w- w- into a very specific way of doing that which is ours
0: mm. i think a solution that you had was learning to love the not knowing, which I'm definitely not very good at at the moment. I hope that will come with the time and practice, but it's so easy to think that when you have no direction, you feel worthless and you have no purpose. And yeah, yeah. But you, I loved the way that you expressed that all you needed to be was yourself, like you just explained. And I wondered if you could expand on that idea and how you might describe who you are and what excites you and how you can stay true to the, all you need is yourself because you're amazing <laughs> oh.
1: um yeah thank you and i, and I think it, it you know learning to love the unknown it's not easy No the way in which we're conditioned uh is the, the need to know yeah um and so you're not alone in and you have to say 99 or more percent of us
0: mm-hmm.
1: struggle with not knowing and it's scary it's, it's human to, to fear the unknown
0: yeah
1: um yet it's from the unknown that the new comes and it's from creativity is about creating from the unconscious to making what was, wasn't there before what we didn't know before yeah. into something that's conscious that we know about mm-hmm. And so um, that's the only way things can change and develop and grow and expand is, is by being open to the unknown. And so that kind of helps that approach to why it's important to love the unknown or ex- at least accept the unknown is, is a fundamental part of being creative and human and growing. Um, and that it it's actually, when you can come to a point of saying, I don't know, and that's okay, is, is actually real confidence. Yeah. Because you're actually relying on on yourself. And this is, you know, coming on to the second part of your question. You, you know, how do I think it was, you know, how do I really value and appreciate and know myself? And you know, there there are different elements to that. You know, one is really getting curious about, you know. Mm what is it that I really like? And because the things that, that make us unique are innate to us. And then we probably don't, don't even see, other people could see it, but we can't, and you can't read the label when you're in the bottle. Mm. Um, and so it's be- about becoming curious and you could, you could well, you know, ask people that you really respect and who know you, you know, what do you think is unique about me? And, and they can op- People people may, may often tell you, you know, when I was younger, People used to say, my my grandmother used to say to me this, and I was only about 10 and I didn't really understand what she was saying. She said, there's such a sense of peace when I sit with you and talk to you. And I, and I was a really good listener and I, and it was because I didn't really have much to say. And I, I felt bad about myself because we often feel bad about our unique things. I felt bad about myself because I didn't have much to say, but I didn't feel good about myself because I was a great listener because I never recognized that in myself. Yeah. And then it, as I went on in life, people would say this, and I it was like, oh, I, I never really valued that. Um, mm-hmm. And when I started listening to that, to, to what that actually, you know, being quiet and still, mm-hmm. a gift, uh, and that this could be part of my work. And so, I become at, you know, the work I do. It's really important. That I hold space for people to. Express who they are, and feel safe, and and that's an important part of you know what I can offer, um, and that's innate to me. And it's easy for me. Yeah, and there are other things that you know I love color, and I never used to you know, in my work, you know, as a management consultant, that wasn't relevant at all. Um, but so, I, and I never made it important, and now it's so important to me that in the clothes I wear, the colors I have around me. Mm-hmm. Um, really uplift and energize me. That's an important part of who I am and that supports me to be me. You know, other things, you know, I, I, I love movement, dance, music, and I need to be able to do that in order to be myself. And in order to do, and, and the things that that one would think in our society would make us good at artwork. So, you know, my rational thinking, my ability, ability to see the bigger picture, um, it has to be a balance. And that's what I was talking about a bit earlier. Really valuing, and what we don't value is our feminine qualities. That's what happens. We we value our you know ability to get things done, to plan, to strategize, to 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 know what we're doing, to um, to, to be an expert in something. And these are all really important. And to and to learn the rules of yeah. something, the skills, but we don't value very. Often the ability to, for example, um, hold paradoxical thinking, which is about you know um, holding pain and joy at the same time, and mm. that's quite feminine quality. And often we think um, I can't be happy and sad at the same time, but we can. We can hold both mm. um, in the feminine quality of, of of you know music, dance, art, um, dreaming. Um, they're all really important aspects of being human. And I think we can use, when we can tap into that more, then we can feel um, a greater sense of Mm -hmm. self-worth because we're actually welcoming all that we are.
0: Yeah. I really loved your your chapter about resistance probably uh-huh. topics you've already started to tap into mm-hmm. but i think something that all creatives can relate to is the fear of the blank page the horrible mm-hmm. blank page yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah creativity unsettles us and we have thoughts of what if i mess this up what if it doesn't turn out as yeah. i hoped or as i planned there's a massive potential for failure and I I wondered if if you could talk about where you maybe believe that this stems from yeah
1: I mean so so when we when we're babies and when we're born our primary need as animals, as humans Mm. is attachment and and that is so you know, we need our carers, our parents to yeah. look after us. Otherwise we die. And so we adapt ourselves. Yeah. And we we understand, you know, as, as a baby starts uh, crying, that, you know, the mother might say, oh, shh, sh, be quiet. And then we, that we understand the behaviours that are welcome and that aren't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we adapt ourselves in ways uh, to be loved, to be accepted, um, and to be seen by... Our tribe, our family, uh, our school, our friends, society, yeah, um, and that's that's a survival need, um, and it will depend, and the the extent to which we adapt will depend on our caregivers. You know how how many rules, how strict they were. You know some parents are are, are really kind of keen for their kids to do you know super well at school, mm-hmm. and unless they get A's, then they're a failure. Other parents don't really mind if their if their kids, you know, do it. But we soon learn, you know, what makes me a failure and what makes me not what it's important what other people think. Um yeah. as we grow older, so if you give a, you know, if you give a three-year-old a a blank piece of paper, they don't they just scribble and they don't care what um what it looks like or what it what it means or you know, what their what their friends doing, they just get on with it. And but as we kind of grow up, we really kind of learn how to compare ourselves how to Mm -hmm. how to um get the things we need through the behaviors that um by being you know good according to our parents um and so when we grow older the need the human need is then for authenticity Mm -hmm. and to be be unique for for me to be me to to, to, for for me to kind of shed that conditioning Mm -hmm. and so we have this um, conflict between needing to attach and needing to be authentic mm-hmm. and this in, in the book I talk about you know, the conflict between the ego and the soul which is the same yeah. the ego wants to keep us safe it doesn't want us to take risks it um, wants us to be liked it wants to please um, it wants us to be safe and it's completely understandable but you know the soul kind of knows our infinite nature and the possibilities mm-hmm. that we have and so when we are have a blank sheet of paper in front of us what very often comes in is is we need the rules we need we need to know what's going to be acceptable what's not you know how long have I got you know uh, what does this have to be a drawing or a painting of you know what's mm-hmm. the theme of the writing what we, we need to have perem- parameters yeah and so it can be really scary when we don't because then we risk the potential mm-hmm of being rejected, of not being liked, of being laughed at, of being ridiculed. And actually, that really can go so deep into our kind of psyche of that's not okay if someone laughs at me or if I get it wrong, because actually that means I'm no good. Mm. I'm worthless.
0: Yeah, I think I can definitely relate to that. I think especially even in really the short time of from school and university it was such a shock that we were told to play like children mm-hmm. and express those sorts of ideas because everything was so feared of getting something wrong yes. being laughed at and i needed those restrictions so i think i think it's really sad and it's really dangerous sometimes when that's how children are brought up sometimes because it it as you said it it can run a lot deeper than you probably initially think
1: yeah we're not it's not not, when we're children up to the age of seven none of our rational brain is developed so everything goes into we just we're just like sponges we we believe everything as the truth the way things are. we can't rationalize it we can't Mm. um and and also we don't remember it just becomes our the lens with which we see the world. It's not okay to take a risk. It's not okay to have a blank piece of paper in front of me and I make a mark and then somebody's gonna tell me off. I could never do that. Yeah. Um, which is why it's easy for people to you know, color by numbers. They know what color to put in the, box, <laughs> the boxes and, and, and that's safe. And yeah. it can be therapeutic, but actually, it's not creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a risk to be creative. It takes It takes a risk because it it means risking our attachment mm. to others.
0: I think this really links uh, really nicely to the terms that you talk about within resistance, especially mm-hmm. procrastination, because mm. I wonder if those. Ideas and feelings feed into procrastinating because I know that's something that I struggle with definitely. Mm -hmm. I've always got an excuse. There's no time, or I'm distracted. But actually, what you were talking about in the book was that you believe that we're scared to confront perhaps beliefs that Mm -hmm. we're we're scared to come to terms with. Like I was, I'd be scared that somebody would tell me off, or I'd be Mm -hmm. laughed at, or I might fail so yeah yeah I wondered if you could expand on perhaps procrastination as part of yeah that.
1: yeah absolutely it, it um I'd say that there are two reasons for procrastination mm-hmm. and one is around fear um yeah. it's probably probably I don't know if it's the main one but uh it's but, but the thing about procrastination is we get frustrated because we can't do something. Yeah. But we don't actually know what our fear is. We're not mm-hmm. necessarily conscious of what that fear is. We're not conscious that, you know, I'm just not writing my social media posts, or blog, um, because, and then I keep getting distracted. And I, I don't necessarily know it's because I'm scared that someone's going to laugh at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where where inquiry, uh, you know, mindfulness comes comes in, mm. is to to have a space to really inquire deeper into what's underneath this procrastination, yeah, and to be able to hold that. Um, there's lots of fears that can come up, and it's it's generally you know. So the two two ways. One is two reasons to progress. So the first one I'm just, this, this is what I'm talking about is is when you know we know on a kind of soul level um, that, that we need to be we, we really need to be moving forward with our lives and we know what we want to be doing and you know and it could be around you know I know I know I need to eat healthily it could be around you know, I, know I need no need to write, start writing that book or that essay but I can't get can't do it. And, mm-hmm. and so the fears could be, you know, what if I fail? You know, what if people, fears that you've know, been talking about. The second reason for procrastination um, is the other way around. So the, the ego wants us to do it, wants mm-hmm. us to write that essay, for example, because we, because we believe that if we get an A, then we'll be success in life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the soul that says, but I'm not interested. But you're not interested in it. It's really boring.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it's not in alignment with who you are, and so the soul's just like I can't. I really can't be bonded to do mm-hmm. that. So that's an, so that's two reasons. One, yeah. one's where the ego with the fear is getting in the way. The other was the soul, and also there's yes, you know, what I talk about in the in the book, and this is also about the soul kind of saying no, you, it's not. The right time for you to be doing it now, because we have our own natural rhythms. And I, for example, am much more creative in the morning. If I try to push something late at night because I've got a deadline, mm-hmm. my whole body is like oh, too tired. Too, too, it's not the right time. I have to listen to my body. Yeah, and the same if people, who, you know, going through grief or if they're really upset about something, creativity may not be the time for them. Yet they may want to push it. And and there's there is a time to be creative and it, that depends on our natural rhythms, mm. and if, and if we feel like we should be getting something done, I think the word "should" is quite uh, kind of important clue.
0: Yeah, but we
1: don't want to. Then then maybe we need to listen to why that is and why we don't want to. Mm,
0: definitely, I think the ego and the soul is really interesting way of thinking about it because it definitely definitely makes sense in my experience another term that you talk about is your inner critic it's that Mm. that voice that takes that opportunity when it rises to tell us that we're not good enough or we're untalented when something slightly goes wrong or something is yeah, slightly yeah. unplanned um i especially get questions of in my head of who do you who do you think mm-hmm. you are like do you actually think you're an artist that's so funny um yeah. do you think this is a com- common problem with people
1: yeah yeah i i don't know anyone who doesn't have an inner critic <laughs> <laughs> you know and I, and i know people who are um you know, have have been you know, artists for years and they're in their seventies, you know, and have done absolutely stunningly beautiful pieces of work and yet they have a really harsh inner critic. Mm. That's no good. Um it's too slow. Um look at the other you know, look at what my colleagues done. Yeah. Her uh, works well, her work's so much better. Mine's too this, that the other. You know, um it's really surprising how um, how deeply and and kind of prolifically the 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 inner critic kind of infiltrates our lives.
0: Yeah,
1: and I don't think anyone gets off. And um it's 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 exactly the same thing. This this is the ego saying, you know, mm-hmm. play it small, don't take risks, um, because it wants to keep us safe and small.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And that's why the inner critic's there, and it will always be there. And it's how much we, we choose to listen to it, and the, mm-hmm. the way in which we can uh, kind of get past that. Or get, I mean, you didn't specifically ask that question, <laughs> but um, is to understand firstly, it's always going to be there. It's not about I want, I want to get rid of that voice, get rid mm-hmm. of the inner critic. Only when I feel completely confident and, and, and ready, then. I'm going to do something. It's like, you've got to feel the fear and do it anyway. feel the inner critic and do it anyway. And know that that voice, who do you think you are? um, It's not going to be as good as anyone else or, you know, who's going to be interested in this anyway. Um,
0: Mm.
1: It's all part of the process. That's part of the journey. And um, we have to do things that strengthen Mm. our kind of soul, our knowing, our inner knowing, Mm -hmm. our strength. And we can um, do that by surrounding ourselves, by really supportive people, asking for support and help, Mm -hmm. speaking speaking the inner critic, is really or writing it down, allowing it to have its vent, like you're no good at this, you're never going to be any good at this, you should better get a different job, Mm -hmm. everything that comes, yeah, and and just allowing that to to be released, rather than just not wanting to be there and wishing it away. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that really ties on uh, nicely onto what I wanted to talk about next, yeah. was that you believe that resistance is a gift. You believe that you can turn it the other way. Um, and I really wanted to pull out a quotation that you said. Resistance can be an invitation to go to our darkest places where we experience fear, pain, or rejection. And in these places seek the buried treasure that lies within and I thought that was so lovely that you can use fear in such a positive way and I wondered how you thought that we maybe be able to keep reminding ourselves of this to not fear it and all the things that you've talked about already.
1: Yes yeah yeah um we're Beth much we're going to be much better at being creative and feeling freer and in our flow to create whatever we want when we can go to those darkest places within ourselves, yeah, um, that's what makes us good at what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know very much, you know what what Rumi says about, you know it's um, you know it's our cracks where the where the light comes in,
0: yeah, um, I love that.
1: And part of that is um, you know, what what we kind of um, edited out of ourselves when we were younger because it wasn't accepted. So mm-hmm. it might be don't be too sensitive, don't cry, yeah, don't get angry, um, mm-hmm. talk more. Be mm-hmm. what we edited out of ourselves actually. Is what we need to welcome back in yes. ourselves as we yeah. grow older um, mm-hmm. because they're the, they're the kind of the real gifts yeah. that we have to offer and to give and mm. in our creative kind of expression yeah um, and so it may feel really uncomfortable to look at those parts of ourselves and um, mm and but it's in feeling that sort of of the pain of rejection when we begin to look at ourselves Mm -hmm. that we actually transform yeah and realize it's that you know we are we are whole in Mm -hmm. all that we are and also um that actually what we thought was our shadow and thing that we're pushing away is is the greatest yeah. gift that we have.
0: You also talk about self-love and using curiosity and compassion to overcome fears instead of trying to force it away. I wondered if you could perhaps expand on that slightly as well.
1: Yeah, so, um, so, say for example, you know, I have a, um, I'm writing a book, this, this is an example, I'm not actually writing a book right now, <laughs> but, um, I'm writing a book and I have this kind of voice like, who's going to be interested in, in what I'm writing and what do I think I've got to say anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, um, And so I've got this voice. Who's going to be interested in what I'm writing? What What do they? And we there's various ways in which we can then bring that into inquiry. And 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 um, you know, one way, and I and I talk about it in my book, is is to focus on our body. And and as we as we hear those words, Mm. who's going to be interested in what I'm writing? And what have I got to say anyway? And feel it in our body, and and there, and there is generally a really visceral feeling when we when we feel something, we may feel it in our guts, we may feel it in our jaw. If, as we kind of open the um our curiosity into where we're feeling it in our body, we will generally be able to locate a space. um
0: mm-hmm.
1: Or it could be all it could be a general sort of jittery feeling or or feeling of tension. We might notice you know we're tense in our shoulders, mm-hmm. and it's about inquiring and just with curiosity and compassion, which means. I'm not trying to change it. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to say you got to go away. I don't want you there. I'm saying, I'm curious. I'm holding myself.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm holding this aspect of myself, this part of myself, with love and compassion, that it, as if it's like a, a small child, that and and in fact it, it likely developed as a small child. Um yeah. No one's interested in in what I have to say, and it it may well have been my experience as a child that when I spoke something that was important nobody really listened nobody was interested
0: yeah
1: and and how that felt of being ignored and feeling insignificant mm. and those feelings may well arise i feel ignored i feel insignificant and it, when you allow that to be okay and you become your own parent in a way um that's when you know real shift can happen and yeah. um, and we have to constantly do that in our lives you know because mm-hmm. feelings always come up about feeling rejected when someone says something or you know those triggers is yeah. just just stop and and sort of say it's okay you, know, you may just want to just rub his chest or something <laughs> that's what i mean by you know just being compassionate and yeah. allowing
0: yeah i think we can feel as creatives possibly selfish to follow our joy and be creative and what really brings mm-hmm. us to ourselves I, I think there's been a lot of times already when I've been asked by people when when will I get a, a real job you know those, yes. those jobs yes. that have titles out there and mm-hmm. I, wonder, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wondered if um you had any ideas about how we can rise from those questions and those feelings probably i assume probably very compassionately
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's about understanding that those kind of that way of thinking is coming from there is value in some sense in that way of thinking because it you know may come from someone who your parent or something Well, how you know their thinking is well how are you going to make money often mm-hmm. uh, or your know, status might be uh, an important thing stability you know Mm-hmm. In a way, they kind of they're kind of thinking of you, but from their viewpoint, yeah, um, and from their way of seeing the world. And it's not to say that um, yeah, money is not important, but the, but um, there are so many ways to make money. It doesn't have to be from one sort of rigid way of, of doing things. Um, yeah. And I would say, you know, I I I was. Comp- criticized a lot when I left my career in management consultancy and um, as kind of like you know going all hippie and kind of just (laughs) um I would say that was the most responsible thing I've done one of the most responsible things I've done in my life because I I I took responsibility for my life and how I wanted it to be and not how I thought it should be Mm. Uh, and with regards to you know one of the i think it's so important to if to follow this is the work i do you know to to, to follow what you love to do what you love mm-hmm. um and i think there are always ways to i think you know money is often the thing that people say you know you can't make a living doing what you love um but you can and it's about yeah. our beliefs around that and about yeah our consciousness with with regard to money and well how much do we actually really need yeah um and how much we're happy with um yeah Mm. (laughs) i say go for it you know i really (laughs) respect people who who follow their heart over their head doesn't mean the head's not important but i think the heart has to lead
0: yeah yeah i agree i think we've touched on so many different reasons you could probably give to this answer, but I wondered if you could sum up why you think creativity is important.
1: Because it's a fundamental aspect of being human.
0: Mm.
1: You know, we um, The opposite of creativity is consuming. And, and we have come, most, a lot of us have come out of balance. We consume, consume, consume. You know, we watch TV, we're consuming we, you know, we buy clothes from the shops, we're consuming, mm. buy food, um, often it's ready made. Um, when we can sort of re rebalance that a bit with with creating, then we become more balanced in our lives. Um, mm. it's, it's kind of essential for us to express who we are, how we see things, our, our uniqueness. Um, and it doesn't have to be in an artistic way. We can... Yeah creative in, in how we, how we dress and how we live our lives, the mm. ideas about things we do, um, but we have to be expressing who we are to be happy. Mm. Yeah. Is, that is that. You know, I think Brené Brown said it really well, you know, the only unique contribution we can make in the world is ever going to be through our creativity. Mm.
0: Yeah, definitely. I wondered if there was anything that you'd like to tell your younger self.
1: Um, exactly what I've just
0: said. <laughs>
1: you know, um, there was there was, and then this was just over reliance on how things I thought should be, and that I would tell you know that think there there are infinite possibilities, mm. and don't believe your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We can create, we create the, the way in which our lives kind of unfold and develop. We'd never have predicted, mm. never have known that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then I wondered if there was anything you might like to tell your older self.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my older self, that's a good one, because um, I'm hoping that my older self will be um, wiser than I am now. <laughs> um yeah that i'm doing okay (laughs) doing good yeah yeah um yeah it's it's about enjoying something we we haven't touched on as much but it's about enjoying the process and and then creating enjoying the process enjoying the journey of life and and not not worrying about the end result
0: it's been a pleasure to have you talk about your ideas and yourself and the book thank you so much for being a part of this Sarah
1: oh that's great Megan it's been a real pleasure and uh it's one topic that I can talk about (laughs) in great depth and um I'm really yeah it's a a real delight to be able to go through again you know Mm -hmm. the ideas in the book which is still very much you know what I use for my work uh, now,
0: so yeah. Thank you to Sarah. I highly recommend reading Mindful Crafting. It's the most relatable, comforting, and inspiring book I think I've ever read about creativity. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode.